Hello everybody and welcome to 420 Vibes. I told y'all that I'd be posting some new content as soon as I got my computer up and running. Well, I've got it up and running and here's that free content, I promised y'all. This is an audiobook of the Law of One. Please excuse that it is transcribed by a computer voice. I do apologize for that. <clears throat> but please go in and listen to what is here as it is some really, really great material. Thank you. Introductions to the Law of One Introduction to Book One Don Elkins This book is an exact transcript from tape recordings of 26 sessions of an experiment designed to communicate with an extraterrestrial being. We started the experiment in 1962 and refined the process for 19 years. In 1981 the experimental results of our efforts changed profoundly in quality and precision. This book is simply a report of the beginning of this latter phase of our work. Since our experimental work began, and even before we officially formed a research group, there was considerable confusion about the nature of our research. I would like to state that I consider my point of view to be purely scientific. Many readers of this material have used as a basis for its evaluation a previously assumed philosophical bias which has ranged from what I would call objectively scientific to subjectively theological. It is not the purpose of our research group to attempt to do anything other than make experimental data available. Each reader will undoubtedly reach his own unique conclusion about the meaning of this body of data. In recent years there has been much controversy about phenomena that were apparently incompatible with accepted methods of scientific research. This included such things as UFOs, mental metal bending, psychic surgery, and many other seemingly miraculous happenings. To prove or disprove any of these alleged phenomena is certainly not properly the task of the casual observer. However, most of the public opinion that has been generated with respect to these events seems to be the product of quick and superficial investigation. After almost 30 years of research and experimentation in the area of so-called paranormal phenomena, I must recommend extreme caution in reaching a conclusion. If it is possible to make money, gain notoriety, or have fun from perpetrating a hoax, then someone usually does it. Consequently, Paranormal or psychic areas are prime targets for the trickster, and the careful researcher usually has to observe copious amounts of garbage data in order to find a possible embedded gem of truth. This is especially true of Philippine psychic surgery and the large area of spirit communication in general. It seems to me that the presently accepted scientific paradigm is less than adequate. It is my opinion that our present natural philosophy is a very special case of a much more general case yet to be unveiled. It is my hope that our research is in the direction of this discovery. After assimilating several million words of alleged extraterrestrial communication, it is also my opinion that this book and the subsequent volumes of the raw material contain the most useful information that I have discovered. As a result of all of this delving into the rather confusing subjects of ufology and parapsychology, I, of course, have formed my current opinion of how things really are. This opinion may change at any time as I become aware of future information. This book is not intended to be a treatise of my opinion, so I will not attempt to defend its validity. The following is the best guess I can make about what we think we are doing. Only time will tell us to the accuracy of this guess. Our research group uses what I prefer to call tuned trans telepathy to communicate with an extraterrestrial race called Ra. 
we use the English language because it is known by Ra. In fact, Ra knows more of it than I do. Ra landed on Earth about 11,000 years ago as a sort of extraterrestrial missionary with the objective of helping Earthman with his mental evolution. Failing in this attempt, Ra retreated from the Earth's surface but continued to monitor activities closely on this planet. For this reason Ra is highly informed about our history, languages, etc. Probably the most difficult thing to understand about Ra is its nature. Ra is a sixth density social memory complex. Since Earth is near the end of the third density cycle of evolution, this means that Ra is three evolutionary cycles ahead of us. In other words, Ra's present state of evolution is millions of years in advance of Earthman's. It is not surprising that Ra had difficulty communicating with Earthman 11,000 years ago. The same problem still exists in our present enlightened time. At this writing we have completed over 100 sessions of experimental communications with Ra. This approximate 300,000 words of information has suggested to me a possibly more adequate scientific paradigm. Only time and future will serve to validate and expand this paradigm. Ufology is a large subject. A reasonable amount of background material would swell this introduction to book length. Therefore, the remainder of this introduction does not attempt to cover every portion of this diverse and growing field of study but is instead an accounting of some of the pertinent parts of our research from our beginnings to the present day and the raw contact. I've asked my longtime research associate, Carla L. Ruckert, to tell our story. Carla L. Ruckert, I first met Don Elkins in 1962. To me he was a fascinating character an unusual combination of a college professor and psychic researcher. He had done well over 200 hypnotic age regressions, probing past the birth experience and investigating the possibility that reincarnation might not be just possible but the way things really are. In 1962 I joined an experiment that Don had created in order to start to test a hypothesis which he had developed with the help of Harold Price, an engineer for Ford Motor Company. Price had acquainted Don with some information which Don found quite interesting. Its source was allegedly extraterrestrial. Its content was largely metaphysical and seemed to be in line with all that Don had learned up to that point. Within this material instructions were given for creating the means whereby to generate further material from this same source without the necessity of actual physical contact with extraterrestrials. Don's hypothesis was that this phenomenon might be reproducible. So, he invited a dozen of his engineering students to join in an experiment with the objective of achieving some sort of e. We find much that is clear and simple without being simplistic in the least, much that is ethical without being dogmatic, in short, much that is informative. Here Hitton speaks of the nature of reality, which, in the main, seems to have escaped the notice of Earth man, my friends. Man on earth has become very short-sighted in appreciation of the creation. He does not understand the true meaning of the simple and beautiful life that surrounds him. He does not appreciate its generation and regeneration. He learns that the very atmosphere that he breathes is cycled through the plant life to be regenerated to support him and his fellow beings and creatures, and yet this seems to the vast majority of those who dwell upon this planet to be an exercise in technology rather than one in theology. There is no awareness of the Creator's plan to provide for His children, to provide for their every desire and to provide a state of perfection. 
man on earth has lost the awareness that is rightfully his. And why, my friends, has he lost this awareness? He has lost this because he has focused his attention upon devices and inventions of his own. He has become hypnotized by his playthings and his ideas. He is but a child in his mind. All of this may be very simply remedied, and man can once more return to an appreciation of reality rather than an appreciation of the illusion created by his mind. All that is necessary, my friends, is that he individually avail himself to this appreciation of reality through the process of meditation, for this process stills his active conscious mind which is continually seeking stimulus within the illusion developed over so many centuries of time upon planet Earth. Very rapidly, then, he can return to an appreciation of the reality and the functioning of the real creation. This, my friends, is what man of Earth must return to if he is to know reality. This simple thought of absolute love, a thought of total unity with all his brothers regardless of how they might express themselves or whom they might be, for this is the original thought of your Creator. The creation of the Father, then, as Hatan calls it, has a very simple nature, a nature in which love is the essence of all things and of all their functions. Yet this real creation obviously is not uppermost in most of our minds because we live in a day-to-day -day atmosphere to which the Confederation has referred quite often as an illusion. We of the Confederation of Planets in the service of the Infinite Creator have been, for many of your years, aware of many principles of reality. We are aware of these principles because we have availed ourselves to them just as the people of your planet may do. It is possible through meditation to totally reduce the illusion that you now experience that creates the separation, an illusory separation, to what it actually is, a total illusion. We have been continuing to speak to you about meditation. We have spoken to you many times about reality and about love and about understanding, and yet you do not seem to be able to overcome the illusion. The reason for the illusion, my friends, is one that man on earth has generated. He has generated it out of desire. This illusion is useful. It is very useful for those who would wish to evolve at a very rapid rate by experiencing it and by using it while within it. Many of us who are now circling your planet would desire to have the opportunity that you have, the opportunity to be within the illusion and then, through the generation of understanding, use the potentials of the illusion. This is a way of gaining progress spiritually and has been sought out by many of our brothers. I cannot overemphasize the necessity of becoming able to understand the nature of the potentials within your illusion and then, by self-analysis and meditation, reacting to that in a way that will express the thought that generated us, the thought of our Creator. This was done by the teacher whom you know as Jesus. This man recognized his position. He recognized the illusion. He understood the reason for the potentials within the illusion, and his reaction to these potentials and activities within the illusion was a reaction which was expressing the thought of the Creator, a thought of love. Keep uppermost in your mind that the illusion that you experience is an illusion, that it is surrounding you for the purpose of teaching you. It can only teach you if you become aware of its teachings. It is said that he worked his wonders in mysterious ways. This way may seem mysterious, however, it is the way of spiritual involvement. There are many souls experiencing the illusion in which you find yourself, however, there are few using this illusion to grow. They are not doing this other than at a subliminal level because they have not availed themselves through their seeking to a knowledge of the possibility of doing this.
Once an individual has become aware of the possibility of using the illusion in which he finds himself in your physical world for the progression of spiritual growth, it is necessary that he take the next step and use his knowledge to express, regardless of the potentials which affect him, the love and understanding of his Creator. As you have by now become aware, meditation is always suggested as the best means of attaining understanding, of progressing spiritually, and of understanding the nature of the illusion and the purpose for which you are experiencing it. Each person is involved in an illusion or game in which we may, if we wish, use our consciousness in meditation in such a way as to create a more rapid growth in personal evolution. But how do we bring ourselves to the point at which this process, which often seems very difficult, is grasped and begun? Desire, my friends, is the key to what you receive. If you desire it, you shall receive it. This was the Creator's plan, a plan in which all of His parts would receive exactly what they desire. My friends, often in the illusion which you now experience the session. Don stated that if he had heard me from the next room without seeing me he would have been certain it was Elaine. This work was extremely draining to me and I asked Tom to accept the fact that I really did not wish to continue being this type of medium. Tom agreed saying that he had what Elaine had promised and was satisfied. However only a few days later, while working with an advanced meditation student, Leonard Cecil, I received a new contact, one which I had never had before. As I do in all cases I challenged this entity in the name of Christ, demanding that it leave if it did not come as a messenger of Christ consciousness. It remained, so I opened myself to its channel. Again I went almost immediately into trance and the entity which called itself Raw, began its series of contacts with us. This contact is ongoing, fascinating, and, to me, a source of some disquiet. The person who decides to become a vocal channel in the first place has already taken a step which is, to some people, quite difficult, that is, the willingness to speak the words of one which is not controlled by the self. In free will channeling, it is possible to choose to stop channeling. However, it is also possible to utter complete nonsense because the channel never knows in advance what the next concept will be. I hasten to add that this nonsense has never occurred in my experience and that the channelings have always made a reasonable amount of sense, and, in many cases, have been quite inspirational. Nevertheless in a society where you are taught to measure your words with some care, it seems an irresponsible act to simply blurt out that which comes into your mind. When? In order for the contact to occur, trance has to be obtained, the disquiet grows into something close to a near panic on my part. I do not know how the procedure for a trance works, and I am always afraid that in this session nothing will happen, I will remain conscious, and I will receive no contact. Again, this has never happened. Since neither I nor either of the others in our group has any real idea of how to aid me beyond a certain point in achieving a state of trance. There is nothing to be done but simply to move ahead. Don states that, although my state of trance is similar to others he has observed, it is what he would call telepathic reception in the trance state. Although I studied literature in my undergraduate days and was a librarian for many years, reading the material almost always offers me the opportunity to learn a new word or two and has certainly stretched my mind in the area of science, which in my education was woefully lacking. 
What concerns me perhaps more than anything else is that someone who reads this material will consider this human being that I am to have some sort of wisdom that Ra certainly has but that I certainly do not. If this work impresses you, I can only ask that you please make a sharp differentiation in your mind between the words and the medium through which the words come. You would not, for instance, expect the water pipe to be responsible for the quality of the water which runs through it. Certainly all of us in the research group try, through meditation and daily life, to prepare ourselves as best we can for these sessions. Nevertheless, what comes through our group stands on its own and cannot be said to reflect on the wisdom or so-called spiritual advancement of any of its members. As our popular philosophy has it, we are all bozos on this bus. If you have any questions as you read, please feel free to write the Rock Greek group. Its correspondent, Jim, will never ignore a letter, and since he has his own experiences of the sessions themselves to share, he will finish this introduction. Jim McCarty, we are beginners when it comes to knowing how the raw contact occurs, and it has only been through a process of trial and error, session by session, that we have learned more about how to support our instrument, Carla, in the mental, physical, and spiritual senses. We were so excited about the raw contact when it first began that we had two sessions per day for days at a time, but, we have since learned that this procedure was much too wearing on Carla. We average about one session every week to ten days now, which allows us to prepare for each session with the greater degree of care that seems to be required as sessions accumulate. A great deal of thought goes into the questions which Don asks during each session. Each of us contributes ideas. But the great bulk of the line of questioning is accomplished by Don, since he has the years of experience in investigating the UFO contactee phenomenon necessary to develop the intellectual foundation required in any attempt to fit the diverse pieces of this puzzle together. He also has the intuitive sense that is vital in following the unexpected and profoundly revealing answers that Ra so often gives with further questions, developed on the spur of the moment, to take advantage of the new insights. With the decision made to hold a session the night before the session is to occur, we arise the morning of the session, have a light breakfast, and begin the series of steps which will best aid us in successfully completing the session. I give Carla a half-hour back massage to loosen her muscles and joints before each session because she will have to remain absolutely motionless for between an hour and an hour and 45 minutes. Then we meditate so that the harmony we try to produce in our daily lives is intensified, and so that our desires are unified into the single desire to see contact with Ra. We then perform our ritual of protection and cleansing of the room in which the contact will be made and situate Carla in a prone position on the bed, covering her body with a white blanket, her eyes with a white cloth, and hook up the three tape recorder microphones just below her chin so that we don't miss any of the session if one or two tape recorders malfunction. By this time, all that is visible of Carla is her hair flowing down both of her shoulders and her nose poking out of the sea of cloth white surrounding it. As she mentally recites the prayer of sin. What's good with it everybody, it's your boy Jason Smith from 420 Vibes kicking it with uneducated opinions. 
Just wanted to let you know that both of our shows are up and running and we are doing our thing and we are enjoying you and the Jane and the music and everything that comes with doing this podcast and this show. We do it for y'all. We do it for the love. We do it because we are hella buzzed. So listen to both of our shows. Tune in. You know, educate yourself and enjoy. Till then, keep it locked and loaded right here on 420 Vibes. You are listening to Uneducated Opinions. Peace. Hello, everybody. This is 420 Vibes coming at you with a quick, quick reminder. If you for any reason or down and depressed and you know suicidal for any reason please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 again that's 1-800-273-8255 and in case you don't feel like the telephone type they have online chat as well please check out their website at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Again, at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Please seek help. We love you, and we don't want to lose you.